following takes place between midnight and 1 a.m. On episode 199 of the Joint Practices Podcast. Events occur in real time. Philadelphia Eagles are winning the Super Bowl this year, boys. Flagless fly. I don't know. I don't usually pick them. I don't. Last year, I think I picked the Bengals. I just, I don't know. The Eagles are going for it this year, so I'm all in, you know. After today, after the roster cutdowns, the trades, I'm all in. If Jalen Hurts is the guy, this team's going to be damn good. And I'll have the Philadelphia Eagles winning their second Super Bowl. If you guys heard, but the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans as fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont. This is episode 235, the almost Super Bowl show. We referenced it last week. We're going to spend this episode talking about the openings for the head coaching positions in the National Football Legwoo, also known as the National Football League. Joining me tonight to do all that nonsense, of course, Mr. Jordan Watson, Mr. Stephen Knox, the boys. <laughs> with, with, with kind hearts. Yeah. <laughs> what are we sipping on over there? Five seconds ago, you had a cup of tea, and now you got red, red wine with the wheels so fine. <laughs> red, red wine. Don't copyright me. Yeah, get some red wine. It's like a smoky, smoky taste. You know, it's a little warm, <laughs> little warm me up. Is that from your pellet stove or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just 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 cooked it about five minutes ago. The wine fresh racks of... right above the pellet stove. Get that nice smoky flavor. Yep, fresh out of the oven. We'll uh, we'll see if my wife comes up in the next five minutes. Okay, okay. All right, she's officially part of the pod now, so, I mean. Yeah. Yep. Part of the <laughs> intro, intro. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's see, what do we got? Five teams had uh, coaching, head coaching openings. We have three of them filled so far. And the first domino to drop was a rather unexpected one in my point of view. I didn't think the Panthers would be the first to nab somebody, but hey. My boy Frank Reich is the new coach of the Carolina Panthers. Solid. Now you just need to find a quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, they have the ninth pick in the draft, and they have some ammo, so I have a feeling they can stay where they are or they can possibly trade up. Yeah, and for Frank Reich, too, it's, it's going to be a better better situation for him than his previous owner. And that's, that's something, you know, I started uh, getting into the book, the dynasty uh, that was written about the Patriots and stuff. And one of the things that Belichick, when he was, you know, uh, pretty much when he actually got the job for the jets, you know, he kind of, when he first got there, the owner was, you know, saying a lot of stuff kind of in the same ways of Jim Irsay and the way his involvement was. It's, you know, that can affect some Bill Belichick even said then that can affect your coaching and, and your success. You need somebody that's, you know, going to be 
a little bit more stable. And it seems like with uh, the Panthers, he's going to get a little bit more of that. And, you know, anybody with Jim Irsay is not going to be a good situation. Kind of liked the uh, the idea of Frank Reich taking over that Panthers team because they still have a lot of young talent, especially in defense with Derek Brown and Brian Burns. DJ Moore on the offensive side. If they can get a quarterback in there, I think Frank could really take him somewhere. That division is also fairly weak going forward. It's, it's wide open. No more Tampa yeah. Bay. We also don't know, uh, like speaking with Carolina specifically, uh, they drafted Matt Corral last year. He was injured for a majority of the season, so they don't really know what they have with him either. Yep. Yep. He kind of is the height weight prototype that Frank Reich you know likes he likes those tall six 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 four big strong powerful men yeah like to- uh, I think the other thing that you have to really give to the Panthers is um signing Evero as the defensive coordinator bastards Bastards. Steve wanted it. That was my first choice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to the Vikings. I got them on the list here. Here we go. Uh, Dominoes started dropping after that, right? Broncos were desperate for D'Amico Ryans, but he said, hey, I'm going home to Houston, and there's not an amount of money you can give me to go to Denver. But, I mean... Man has an incredible loyalty to the city of Houston, apparently, because I would not have made that choice. First time I'm going to be a head coach of a professional football team. And when you look at the things that the Houston Texans have gone through over the last few years and the leadership they have in place there, that is not at all a situation that I would want to be a part of. Um, You know, you get... Brand new ownership in Denver. Um, they just, you know, spent a lot of money on a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know. And I think the Broncos defense is actually pretty goddamn good. And, you know, that obviously being his specialty. I guess, you know, who says you yeah. can't go home, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing I can say about the Texans that makes it somewhat appealing is obviously you're going to get a top pick this year. Um, you have some still pretty good talent, young talent in there. Uh, and also too, I mean, going off of what you said, it, it might actually be a positive for him because there's the expectation is that you're not going to win right away. And because he's defensive mind, they're going to play good defense. I mean, just seeing what the 49ers are doing. I mean, 49ers had a little bit better talent, but I think he's can pull this team together, get a, you know, get this team a little bit better pass rush, get after the quarterback a little bit more. And, you know, we're talking about the, you know, as far as the Panthers go, as far as their division, I mean, look at, look at their division for the Texans. I mean, you got the Colts. So the only ones Jacksonville is the only one that's looking like a, a contender, but you know, the rest of the teams are pretty much at square one. So I think that is probably the appealing part for him too besides going back home. Um, but, you know, uh, I think with Denver, the 
the concern there, and we'll probably we'll get to uh, their head coach and what he's going to have to deal with. But you know, for there, you get a quarterback that you have a lot of money to, and it's going to be a while till you can, you know, either get him to play what his standards are, or you know, make do with what you get, kind of thing, and wait for somebody else to come in. But as far as the you know Texans go. First and foremost, they Mills ain't the answer. They got to get a quarterback, and that's going to be probably a priority for for Ryan's coming in. Is you know finding somebody to step in there, whether it's a veteran or getting going after a young quarterback. You know that's going to be uh, probably numero uno, along with the pass rush and getting that pass rush. You know, get some defensive ends, somebody that can rush the passer. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big rebuild. It's a large undertaking for a guy who's completely brand new. And then, I mean, you add on top of the fact that you're now the third head coach in three seasons in in Houston. Uh, it's that's kind of tough. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's quite the commitment, and people seem to be excited that he was coming back there. I don't, I don't know if you saw the video of him when he walked in the facility for the first time. They had the big welcome home Miko sign <laughs> hanging up and everybody like it reminded me of I don't know if you watched uh Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But when <laughs> when uh what's his face? The McGill comes back to work and everybody's lined up, you know, with all the lights off and everything. That's all I could <laughs> that's all I could picture. It's just, you know, the get the high rise uh hallway up on the top of the stairs there and everybody's lined around clapping as he's walking in <laughs> it's like i've seen this somewhere before yeah it's yeah hopefully that you know that will ease the uh you know the pain when they still have a losing record and you know hey at least at least we have a, a somebody that we can like anybody or like anyways <laughs> the fans are not trying to kick him out and I mean, when they start one and five again, it's, you know, fans are fickle. So they'll look for any reason to blame somebody for whatever's happening. Just can blame Billy O'Brien. Billy O. Billy you like o, the, the Miko signing, Sean? Or I actually. The Miko decision. I think <laughs> D'Amico to the Texans was one of the smarter choices because, I mean, for the past however long, Houston has been the laughing stock and, you know, the bums of the league. The, the automatic victory for almost everybody. Except, but yeah. with D'Amico coming in, he'll have a chance to change the culture. I mean, he had a big hand in changing that defense in San Francisco. And also he's got a ton of assets. Like they have picks on picks on picks, including the second overall pick in the draft. So there's your quarterback. What do they have? Two first round picks this year? Does Houston have two? I don't know. I think I think they might. But I know I'm even yeah, if they uh, don't. I mean, they still have the second overall pick. There's your choice of quarterback, and then oh, build that team, man. Yeah, 
that yeah, they we do. talked they, about the they Panthers. Twelfth overall pick from the uh, the Watson trade. So they have the second and the twelfth. I mean, hello, that's two blue chip players. And we talked about how the Panthers have, you know, perspective easier path now with Tom Brady gone and that division is very light. So do the Texans. I mean, you could say the Jags are in a good position to be competitive, but the Titans are kind of in that middle ground right now, and the Colts are fucking dumpster fire, who also don't have a coach yet. But uh, just keeping on the Texans for a minute, like they have a chance to compete for that division in year one. I mean, I would definitely give D'Amico some time. I would not base my judgment on him over this one year because too often in Houston, I mean, their last two coaches have been one and dones and they were given nothing. So you're going to have to give D'Amico talent. You're going to have to give him time. And please, for the love of God, get that team a quarterback. Yeah, <clears throat> that's going to be the... As I was saying, that's going to be one of the priorities is is going after a quarterback. Uh, you know, we are last year, even though the team was garbage, it's you know, coaching obviously with Lovey Smith wasn't there. We saw that Mills is not the answer, so that answers all that. Now it's all right, who else is out there? Let's get somebody a star player that you know can possibly win games on his own. It's you know, go from there. The rest will, the rest of the chips will follow. It's you know, uh, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him anyways heading into the season. It's not like, oh yeah, we were a winning team and now we're you know, drop dropping. They didn't do anything last year or the year before or year before that either. So, it's just a slightly winning or you know, four wins would be considered a success. I bet. I bet they're 500 team. It's... Could be. I mean, with their division, they have a really good chance. And I mean, you know, the as far as the talent that goes on the team, uh, obviously Damian Pierce showed showed some stuff last year. Uh, so you know, you got you got him to kind of go off of. And then as far as off or wide receivers go, that's where it gets tough because as of right now, you have your best player, which is Cooks, and he wants off the team. Yeah, he's demanded to trade. So, you know, maybe you get some assets. The third straight year, after. by the way. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I mean, if his name was Hopkins, he might have been off the team a little bit sooner. But, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, they, they have a good shot. Like I said, you know, pressure's not on them. Not like some of these other jobs. All right. And the only other coaching hire at this point is the Broncos got their guy that they settled on when they couldn't get everybody else. <laughs> and Let's it cost settle. Uh, yeah. So they sent a first round pick and a bunch of other meatball Marianellis and all kinds of stuff to the New Orleans Saints. And let's see here. Uh, Sean Payton, new coach, the Denver Broncos. Cool. Hardy appears to be cracking down on Russell Wilson's bullshit. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that at all. Russell Wilson had a private coach who had an office in the building and wasn't employed by the team. 
the f- <laughs> this guy's a meathead. We've talked about it at length on this podcast. Elijah definitely talked about Russell Wilson and his nonsense and how he's full of himself, Mr. Unlimited, all this shit. But this is beyond anything I ever knew. This is wild. What is a personal coach doing? Like, I'm not listening to the actual coaches on the team. Coaching is personal life. Yeah, I mean, I, when Tom Brady was Sierra, with the Patriots. Kiss Sierra. Good job. You're doing great. <laughs> Dangerous. He's uh, the love guru. <laughs> you know that's just Adam Sandler, right? It's uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. That's <laughs> Rohan. Whatever. The Zohan? Zohan. <laughs> Rohan. Don't mess with the Zohan. That one. Rohan Davy. <laughs> Scooter Magruder. Now it's uh, Kevin James. Okay. Yeah, Kevin James, Kevin the James coach, of the... coach of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You know what was <laughs> pissing me off, too, when I heard about the trade? And it was like, Denver is sending their first-round pick to the Saints. And I was like, God damn it, Denver sucked this year. That's bullshit. And they're going to get a better pick than they had by trade. No, they, it's actually Miami's pick. Uh, Miami traded for Bradley Chubb, sent them a first-round pick. So it was Miami's first-round pick, which was just outside of the playoffs, so it's in the high teens. So, okay, we still have a better pick than the Saints <laughs> with their own pick. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Number with 10. Their own. And uh, just to move this along, two coaching vacancies left for head coaching jobs. The Arizona Cardinals – and the dumpster fire Colts. I think the Cardinals are more of a dumpster fire than the Colts are. That is a job I would steer as clear as I possibly could. And the Cardinals are going to end up hiring somebody who's a like newbie, nobody knows type of thing. Because I think anybody in their right mind says, nah, I'm all set. When yeah, they come knocking on their door asking if they want to even interview. Well, I mean, you the, these are the two jobs that are left, right? So you have your choice between whatever's going on in Arizona and Kyler Murray, or you have the meddling owner at Jim Irsay with the Colts with the awful GM Chris Ballard. So, well, I mean, do you really want to be a head coach this cycle? Oh, jeez. The Colts Those are were... already on their fourth round of uh, interviews, or at least I think that's what was reported. <laughs> But uh, the fact that, I mean, it feels like they're waiting for the Super Bowl to be over to make their announcement because it's probably a candidate from the Philadelphia Eagles who will be taking over that job. Um, I, I don't understand how Shane Steichen would want to go to Indianapolis after the way they, I don't know, the Eagles coaches do not have a positive thing to say about Ursay in that organization it, it would be weird like obviously it's a head coaching job so you know you, those don't always come around so you take one if it's there but honestly I'd rather see Shane Steichen come right back to where he is yep and I, I don't think it's gonna happen I think that's why it's taken so long for them to make an announcement because uh if Ursay really loved Jeff Saturday as much as he said he did he'd have got the actual job 
he's got to do 19 rounds of interviews first. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> The fact that they're going around and around in circles, it seems like they're lollygagging for something. We're just being thorough. It's... No, Jim Irsay is during every interview. Hey, can you uh, can you drive a car? Uh, I need a, I need a ride from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I uh, get a little, so... little uh, hot and heavy during each uh, each game here. For, forgot what that guy said in his last interview. Can we do that again? <laughs> I think he'll come back next week. Who was that guy we interviewed last time? What was his yeah. name? <laughs> was it uh, Bourbon? Some Bourbon? All right. So Colts and Cardinals, who knows? I think if I had to predict, I think Mike Kafka is going to be the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I did uh, read today that Andy Reid personally called Mike Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, to uh, give a reference, shine some light on Mike Kafka, and say he would be a good hire. So I think there might be some wheels to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> where there's smoke, there's Jordan's pellet stove, as I like to say. <laughs> I that about the truth. I think, yeah, Cardinals, though. Oh, I. I know we're kind of bouncing between the two, but you get Kyler Murray. You don't even know if he's going to be back. You have Hopkins, who's probably on his way out. And then you have a defense that sucks. still can't stop anybody <laughs> Just, in the red it zone. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, had, you lost J.J. Watt to retirement. Just lost A.J. Green to retirement. Uh, was it yesterday? Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, it's tough and to... And you talk about the division too. Division's only getting stronger. I mean, the Rams are going downhill, but besides that, I mean, Seahawks—they're going to improve. And then you get the 49ers. so that's that's a tough spot to be in. All right, those are the head coaching jobs. Because this is the Joint Practices Podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.net. We got to bring up the JPP squad, Minnesota Vikings. Adding to their coaching staff at defensive coordinator, Mr. Brian Flores. Uh, Brian Dable? I, oh, shit. Yeah, no. Yeah, Flores. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, send him the wrong message. You're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, much, I, I think, a great improvement or as far as the guy who's running your defense goes. Uh and I think, you know, especially if you look at the stuff that he did in Pittsburgh this past year, I don't think a lot of people gave Pittsburgh, you know, any sort of hope to have the type of season they ended up having. And in large part was carried by their defense. Um, obviously, Flores's time spent in New England working directly with, with Bill Belichick, I think, is something that, you know, you can't look past and him bringing those sorts of, you know, uh, whether it's schemes or just preparation, things like that. Um, you know, you, you, I don't think the defense could be worse, <laughs> but you just, you know, you, you would expect there's going to be a large leap there. I think it in large part is going to be due to who they bring in. Uh, some, I mean, there are some obvious player names out there that they're going to lose, but um, you know, being able to see what he could do with 
guys like Daniil Hunter and Zadaria Smith and Harrison Smith. Um, should be pretty exciting. Uh, I would love to have a you know a competent offense with a defense that doesn't completely fall apart every game. Like you won yeah. what thirteen games last year, and <clears throat> your defense was god awful. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I also too one of the things I like about the Flores signing is that you know when he was with Miami, I mean as long as hey, as long as he stays away from the quarterbacks, he'll be fine in, for the Vikings. But one of the things that I think that was you know wasn't noticed as much is that when he was with Miami, you know the players that he drafted and brought in free agencies on the defensive side of the ball, you know were all good players. I mean Holland Phillips, uh, you know even having. Um, Baker, linebacker, I mean, all the guys that you see on the Miami Miami Dolphins defense right now that are the heart and soul of that defense. So, you know, bringing him in, especially before the draft, you know, he could have that influence of bringing in some good guys and really turning around that that defense anyways, which, yeah. to your point, Steve, is exactly, exactly what they need. Yeah, I was going to say, um, like his ability to – sit there with Kevin O'Connell and Quasey and, you know, I, I trust his judgment and being able to evaluate talent on the defensive side of the ball. Cause like you mentioned, you know, where he's been before the guys that have come in been brand new. I mean, he did bring in a lot of guys too, that he worked with in new England, uh, his first year in Miami as well. But like, I mean, he recognizes the guys that are, that will work well in his system. So, it's a, it's a great asset to have for sure. But like, how are we supposed to play against Minnesota if they're not going to just put their corners 52 yards off the ball? Uh, yeah, that would, uh, it's going to be an fair. adjustment. It's going to be a very big adjustment because I might not be able to just yell at the TV every defensive play. What the hell are these guys doing? Hey, it was a great thing for Matt Patricia. He looked good for one week. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't hire an offensive guy to be the defensive coordinator. Isn't that how this works now? <laughs> yeah. Playing upside down chess. <laughs> Orange is the new black. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that that didn't go that way this time around. So glad. Hey, while we're talking about coordinators, Sean. You excited about Dallas's new offensive coordinator? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did you say something? <laughs> I heard Dallas and then my VCR turned on. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Would they mutually part ways with Kellen Moore to bring Brian Schottenheimer in? <laughs> And McCarthy's going to call the plays. Yeah. This oh. could not go any better. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. We so, might right. just so, have the first repeat champion in the NFC East for the first time since 0304, baby. <laughs> take a take a quick stroll down memory lane real quick. Uh, 2001, Schottenheimer was the quarterback's coach in Washington. Their offense was ranked 28th. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, he then moved on to become the quarterback's coach for the San Diego Chargers, where his quarterback in San Diego was Drew Brees. 
And those were the three years of Drew Brees' career where he didn't look like a Hall of Famer. So that worked out pretty well for the Chargers. Uh, And then somehow, despite his best efforts, he landed the offensive coordinator job for the Jets from 2006 to 2011. And uh, I don't know if you remember those teams. Rex Ryan was around. The defense was incredible. And he made Mark Sanchez look like a bum when he ran into a bum and fumbled the ball. (laughs) Patriots. Uh, So, yeah, he completely ruined their chances at winning a championship when they had uh, maybe the best defense in the league for a few of those years. He then went to the Rams uh, for three years. They were the 25th, 21st, and 21st ranked offense in those three years. Not bad. Became the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at the University of Georgia, where they were 85th in the nation in offense. Pretty got good. M- my, he got Mark Reich uh, fired in Georgia, which led to uh, what's-his-nuts getting the, the job down there. Kirby Smart. Yeah, and then uh, became the quarterbacks coach for the Colts uh, in 2017. In 2017, they had the 30th ranked offense. Became the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks for three years and didn't let Russ cook. (laughs) And then, of course, 2021 with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, the offense was ranked 32nd, absolute dysfunction in the the uh, organization. So I don't know that I can put all the blame on him, but still it wasn't great. <laughs> and now he's in Dallas. Yay. Get to play everybody's favorite game. Are we still them boys? Yep. Well, is Zeke's going to be playing center. Should be all set, right? <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't have had him lose all that weight. If he wanted to play center. <laughs> Uh, he stopped eating. That, that was his problem. <laughs> yeah, no more of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping that they were going to find one of their coordinators in the uh, Salvation Army bucket. <laughs> I can't even with the Cowboys. Oh, fuck. Anyways, any thoughts on the Pro Bowl? <laughs> It's about as interesting yeah. as Mike McCarthy. Let's go ahead and just do away with the whole thing. Like, I, you know, if you want to make it like a fan experience and whatever, that's cool. But I just think that they've tried every which way to make this thing work. And I just don't know, like, the numbers and the uh, people that are actually interested in this have just plummeted so much. It went from like having like 30 something million people watch this thing, you know, 15, eight or 15 to 18 years ago to now. I think the numbers came in at like 16 million. Like it, it is more than half of the people who would watch this uh, previously. It's, it's no longer a football game just because, you know, nobody wants to get hurt. Some of these guys don't even want to play. Uh, so it's, I don't know. The flag football thing was kind of a cool idea. Um, I also realized that professional football players are terrible at flag football, um, especially the quarterbacks. Like, 
you put them on that little tiny field and it's it was extremely difficult for them to try to fit the ball into uh, certain areas. Also, I don't like the rules of flag football. So they had those flag football referees out there and they're calling penalties I'd never heard of before. And I was like, what do you mean the quarterback can't run? Like, look at what, what's going on here. Just get rid of the Pro Bowl. Make it uh, – you made the Pro Bowl. That means you get this bonus money and a notch in your belt. Like, yeah. The, I know it's a money-making thing with all this nonsense, but – Yeah, it's just another excuse to throw out advertisements and all that shit. I mean, and I don't know. Like, on Facebook, you know, Ray was is getting close to the Pro Bowl. You know, the NFL, they always like to post the previous – Pro Bowl games and yeah, watched some of them. You 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 watch like you know some of the players. I mean, even the ones that are offensive line. This is like the showcase their skill set against the top players. You know, from the NFC, AFC, and you know, you, I was watching one of them where you know it was the three quarterbacks: Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady were in the Pro Bowl, and they. They had that as a competition, like to see who could throw the most yards, who can score the most touchdowns, and it was competitive. And that's, you know, what it was. And now it's, 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 there's so much, you know, fear of injuries and, you know, oh, oh, this could happen. Well, yeah, the same shit was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but players still played in it. Nobody got injured. You know, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame where it's gone, and I and I understand it, you know why they went this way. But same time, it's it's pointless. It's all pointless, and it's, it's one of those things where it's a mundane thing that just seems like we just have to go through. So, meh. yeah, the the idea for the Pro Bowl games, like you know, at first sounded, yeah, all right, I could I could see it. Like, but I think aside from the precision passing thing, I didn't really enjoy any of the Pro Bowl games. <laughs> dodgeball, yeah. yeah, whatever. Like these, none of these guys know the fucking rules for dodgeball. Um, the long drive competition was horrible. They've got like three guys out there that don't play golf, trying to Zadaria Smith out there running up like Happy Gilmore trying to hit the ball like you could clearly tell i mean all it came down to was the afc had three guys that are like actually pretty good golfers uh so that was that was a you know easy win well should have been an easy win turned out to be uh jordan poyer winning it at the end uh but uh, i just don't <laughs> i don't know how how or if you can fix this at all see but i i know exactly how you fix it you take you know, back like Spike TV, back when it was like the pros versus Joes, you just get like a random couple fans, fucking throw them on the field, get some of these guys and be like, all right, if you want fucking the first one to score a touchdown, gets fucking $1 million. Boom. Instant entertainment. That's what I'm pitching to the NFL. You'll be receiving an email within five to 10 business days. Seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, there might be. There might be. Almost went flying there too. <laughs> <laughs> no lawsuit there. All right, let's take a ride on the old carousel of quarterbacks. I am. 
I'm going to start this off. Okay. I'm entirely confused. Now, I live, I married into Saints fandom. I live with my wife, who is a Saints fan, my father-in-law, the great and powerful Mr. Chris, friend of the pod. They obviously need a quarterback, right? Dalton's not the guy. Jameis Winston, not the guy. Taysom Hill is not the guy. So they set their sights super high, right? And they're courting Derek Carr. Like, what are we doing? Are, are you really that naive that you think your football team, as is, is Derek Carr away from a Super Bowl? Because if the answer is not an emphatic yes, then what are you doing? Like, I understand there are not top-notch quarterbacks available out there. I mean, you have the Garoppolo's, the Cars. It's maybe the veteran route is not for you. You did it with Breeze and got lucky and went on a long run. Maybe it's time you uh, save some of those draft picks. You keep peddling around for literally anything and draft somebody. Well, it's it's kind of hard uh, because right now they're picking 29th. Um, I, forget, I forget. Did they, did they give away a draft pick to move up last year? Yeah, oh, they Chris did. Olave. They did. Yes. What? It, it's a shame that Olave can't Rookie throw the, the ball. That's right. Yeah. Because the pick that the Saints have now, they got that pick's been traded a lot. That went from the Niners to Miami to Denver to New Orleans. So you're right. It is 29. So yeah. they're not getting a quarterback at 29. They would. I mean, they don't even have anything. They're $60 million over the cap. I don't... And I was just reading 24 minutes ago on Twitter, the Raiders and Saints haven't finalized a trade for Derek Carr, but they have agreed to what the compensation would look like. So they have a deal in place as soon as Carr visits them, which I think is tomorrow. It is. And if Carr gives the okay, he'll be traded to the Saints. First of all, I'm going to tell you why this is dumb. Carr's $40 million for next year is fully guaranteed three days after the Super Bowl. The Raiders don't have the cap for that right now. And if they have the cap, they don't want it locked into their cap because that would be stupid. They have to cut him before the third day after the Super Bowl. Why would you give up anything for this guy? He is going to be released. Then you sign him to a team-friendly deal. I mean, that's not... He's not getting $40 million on the open market. No, no there's no way. I know it, it's the going rate, but these teams that need a veteran quarterback aren't going to pay $40 million for him. Yes, they will. And quarterbacks worse than Derek Carr will get $40 million. Yes, I'm sure they will. Because the Giants I mean, are stupid. But you, if you look at the teams that are going to be drafting early in the rounds and the first round anyways, they're all need quarterbacks. So they're going to pick quarterbacks. They don't need a veteran quarterback. So the teams left, as I can see is going to be, you're going to be looking at Washington as one of the other teams and maybe the jets. I mean, probably the jets actually, but that's it. That's the only two teams you're going to be competing against for Derek Carr. 
And I can tell you right now, well, I don't, yeah, I don't see, I don't know. It'd be tough for them to even go after. Cause I mean, listen, the, the commanders just did that experiment with Wentz as far as, you know, Oh, Hey, I, you know, even though he didn't work over there, he's definitely going to work for us. No, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. And the Saints did did that with Jameis and Andy Dalton. Yeah, but I mean we're it's we're going I mean, we're calling it the car- QB carousel. It's literally we're going in circles. Yeah, I mean if you put all their talents together and like maybe if you get like uh you know like a Frankenstein, you put you know Taysom Hill's speed with definitely not Jameson Wills or Jameson Winston's decision making and you got Andy Dolan's, you know, I don't, I don't even, yeah, red hair. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can kind of hope for something from there, but no, there's nothing, there's nothing that, you know, for this team anyways, like they have to go, they have to go either draft or find somebody else. Or like you said, wait till if you, if they really want him, then wait for him to hit the free agent market. You know, once they release him, that's, it'd be honestly it'd be stupid for that franchise but they've made some really stupid decisions in the past year so i really wouldn't be surprised i don't know i just i have a hard time believing that they could find a better solution drafting 30th overall versus trading for Derek carr because otherwise you're just doing exactly what you've done for the past two years, which is use the quarterbacks that are currently on the roster to help you go, uh, what was it, seven and ten? So, yeah, it wasn't working. You got to try something else. And again, this might just be throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks, but you got to continue to try something different. And this is the problem that a lot of teams, you know, end up in in the NFL is like, it's a constant struggle to try to find the guy who's going to lead the franchise for a number of years. And to be quite honest, the Raiders may be going through the same exact thing by giving, you know, giving up on Derek Carr at this point. Uh, I don't know. To go that... after someone like Garoppolo. Right. Like, I don't even know if that that's what Josh McDaniels plans to do, but I mean, it's yeah, a, it's, a veteran quarterback, a guy who's been in the league and I think has shown he has the ability to get the team to the playoffs. And then from there, you know, well, also, there, there are instances where you don't know where, you know, what, what can happen at that after that point. Yeah. Well, it's for Josh McDaniels. It's he knows that he's played in his system. That's why he brought Jared Stidham, who, yeah, played a good game, one good game, but that's what. Josh McDaniels is going off of like, you know, because he obviously had Garoppolo back when, you know, with the Patriots that he feels like he could do the same thing did when he was with the Patriots now with the Raiders. But I mean, when was the last time Garoppolo actually played uh, a full season? How can you, how can you even depend on a guy like that? The Raiders don't need that. They need a guy that can play all 17 games of the season. I mean, that's just, you know, it's what that franchise needs, especially the if they want to compete against the franchise. The problem is... it wasn't the problem with the franchise was not the quarterback. It was how horrible the defense was. Uh yeah. you blow, you know, seven 
uh, 10 point or more leads throughout the season in the second half of the game. Like that, that's, that's not on the quarterback. That's on the defense. The quarterback did his job in the first half. And then the defense let him down the rest of the way. So if you want to start pointing fingers, maybe try to find a, you know, somebody better in the secondary or, uh, you know, maybe a, a second guy who can actually get to the quarterback off the edge. I don't know. This is just silly. This old pumpkin pie haircutted freak just running that franchise into the ground. I'm sure his dad's proud. <laughs> so rumor mills here. Well, how do you feel about the potential of Lamar Jackson going to Atlanta? I've heard this discussion uh, on a couple of different platforms. If Baltimore cannot, you know, reel him in with some sort of deal, I've seen a lot of people that are saying Atlanta should be the front runner to bring him down. Uh, I don't know. This is yeah. we're running well, up the Michael victory again. Yeah, if if this is a. Okay. All right. So let's start off with it. So Baltimore would be stupid if they don't franchise franchise tag them. Obviously, they wouldn't do the uh, what is it the the with the more money or whatever more guaranteed money. So they would go the second option. With the second option, a team can then take them, uh, take him with two first round picks. So then the Falcons would have to give up first round picks to take him off the market. In doing so, I feel like the Falcons probably still will do would do that, be willing enough to do that. I just find it for a team that still I feel like is a couple pieces away, you're kind of ruining, you know, the you would have to for them, they would just have to uh go after him and then go after free agents. But then at the same time, you're also now against the cap anyways with his contract. So it's like you can't even really go that hard into free agency now because you're quarterback and now you have Mariota and then you also have Ritter as well as your I think Mariota's done. Oh that's right, because he uh he was Gonski's at the end of the season yeah. last year. So yeah. So actually yeah take him out of the equation. So then you get Ritter backing him up. I mean honestly for the team wise if you if they can really get you know Kyle Pitts playing as he did his first season, you know, this could be a really dangerous offense. Now I know uh, the departure of Ridley, um, but I mean, still with, with uh, Drake London, first round pick. I mean, he looks Who's pretty the good. Guy last that year. Got, uh, who got suspended for gambling? Oh, that's Ridley. Yeah. He's now yeah. with the Jaguars. Oh, is he? Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, a weird trade or whatever, but yeah. yeah. So I, and then I don't know if, uh, you know, they had Patterson and uh, Algier looked really good in the run games. So, I mean, they have yeah. a promising team. The uh, offensive line's actually pretty decent. They're getting they're getting healthier, especially from when uh, Matt Ryan was quarterback. They obviously saw that that was one of the problems. Um, and then defense side of the ball, they get really good young talent. I mean, their quarterbacks, uh, quarterback, well, I don't know why it's slipping my mind, but really good. Really, really good. And uh, as far as linebackers and 
um, you know, pass rush. They're all young. So, I mean, it, it it's a team that, and especially in a division that there's still, you know, now with Tom Brady out of Buccaneers, it, this seems like it could be a, a chance for them to, you know, take the division. I mean, where it goes after that, who knows, but this is a good, you know, good step if they can get Lamar and then like, you know, there's going to be have some still going to have to be some things that they have to do after that. But I think by just adding a quarterback like that, and once again, as long as he can play a full season, that's going to be the other question. And you're going to be putting a lot of, a lot of chips down on a guy that he's still a lot of question marks with him. Great quarterback when he's on the fields, great quarterback, but you know, can you get what you need to get out of him? for what you're going to give up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the, the Falcons too, some, you know, some coaching changes that have happened on their staff, uh, you know, like their quarterbacks coach, I think just went to Tennessee, which is an interesting uh, thing to think about. You know, we're talking about bringing in Lamar Jackson. So, Maybe you have somebody in mind who's going to work well with him, but I think you, you know, you mentioned going through some of the offensive talent that they have. Um, look at it. Look at it in in Baltimore. Uh, who was Lamar Jackson's go to guy? It's Mark Andrews. Yeah, uh, and you get a young guy like Kyle Pitts. I mean, you could see some pretty special things um, out of them. And you didn't, you didn't, you failed to mention how great of a kicker they have as well. Oh, yes. Cause when, you know, you get a young hoe out there. <laughs> uh, was yeah. AJ Terrell, was that the guy that you were thinking of? Cornerback? Yes. Yes. AJ yeah. Terrell. Yes. He's, uh, they also had Casey Hayward as the other corner, cornerback, which is, uh, you know, he's been in the league for a little while. But yeah, AJ Terrell's a great young player. Probably going to be one of the top corners in the league when all said and done. But yeah, yeah, they get uh, good, good defensive back. Like I said, a lot of young, young, promising players, and they also had another player too from last year that played pretty well. But yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, transition wise for for uh, Jackson having that tight end, uh, you know, and it's, they it, it, there's a lot of things that would fit nicely, especially with. You know, with Mariota, they almost ran a similar offense uh, to what, you know, Lamar was running with the, you know, with the Ravens anyway. So, you know, it could be it could be an easy fit or it could go terribly wrong. You never know. And, you know, facing against some of those defenses for that division. I mean, we can say everything about their offenses for all the three other teams, but Still, Buccaneers defense, pretty good. Saints defense, still pretty good. And then Carolina is looking pretty good as well, as you know, Sean alluded to before with Burns and you know, they get some pretty good talent on you know on their team too. So maybe it's still a tough, tough uh division to face as far as defense go. Offense is a whole different story, but I would like to see I don't know. I I'd, I would like to see Lamar leave Baltimore. I think that's as a, a fan of the NFL, I'd like to see that happen anyways. 
Yeah, so the ultimate question is uh looks like the Falcons are projected to have or to be yeah, to have over fifty six million dollars in cap space coming into this season. That number could go up by twelve million if they do outright release Marcus Mariota. So does it make sense that you have sixty eight ish million dollars and spend forty of that to bring Lamar Jackson in? Mm, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's where it's tough, especially when there's other players that, you know, the other positions that they need to build up to. I don't know. I, I, I think I would try to. Uh, it's so tough because <laughs> I, I wanted to see so much out of Ritter in that one game that he came in. Oh, geez. I don't know if he's the guy. So, but it's, uh. see, this is the thing for me for a team like Atlanta, these opportunities do not come around very often where you've got a guy who is, has, you know, again, he might not be the strongest passer. He might not be the most accurate passer, but he does something better than anybody else that plays the position does in the league. And that's his ability to run and the speed that he has when he does run. So this is one of those times where it's like, if you can take the chance I think you you have to roll the dice and hope that, you know, it pans out because I know, you know, for years now, you've heard that narrative that you need to have a quarterback on a rookie deal in order to win a Super Bowl. But like eight of the last 11 Super Bowl winners haven't been on a rookie deal as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. So I yeah, think there's it's... a shift in that narrative. Maybe teams get there or get to the championship games and whatever you start to contend. But I do think that, you know, there is a momentum shift here. And I think, you know, obviously we're starting to talk about the quarterback carousel. Uh, teams have been looking, you know, for these last three or four years to find a veteran quarterback to come in and lead their team uh, because they have more trust in a guy who's done it before rather than, you know, taking a crapshoot in the draft and hoping it works out. And that is how I beat Shaq. Shazam. We'll have plenty of off-season to dive into what-ifs and who's it's, what's it's, who's going to go Well, where. hold on. We didn't get to talk about how Aaron Rodgers is going to decide his future by... Spending what? four days in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have enough time to talk about Aaron Rodgers in four days in the dark because I have a lot to say <laughs> about that. <laughs> Oh boy. Let's Darkness hope, retreat. Let's hope he spends four days in the dark and then decides to retire. That's all I gotta say. This yeah. guy is so fucking weird, man. Yeah. I used to be a very big Aaron Rodgers supporter. I thought he was one of the better quarterbacks I've seen in my lifetime, and now I just can't stand him. He's like I, I think now that Brady's retired, I think Aaron Rodgers has to be like the league villain, doesn't he? Probably. I forget who it was. Somebody, I was listening to a podcast or watching something, and they were like, the first thing Aaron Rodgers ever said to me when I was a rookie was, do your homework on 9-11. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I forget that. where I saw it, but I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Good yeah. Nutter. 
and also too, I mean, like, obviously, you know where his mindset's at. They were talking about something with the, I don't know, it's like next season or whatever, coming back and contending or whatever. And like his first thing was like, his his thought process went right to earning another MVP. Like this guy is literally all about himself. Yes, that is very much correct. All right. What do you guys think? I think that might wrap up episode 235. What about you? Yeah. 235. I say be curious, not judgmental. Well, I say join us on Friday morning for episode 236. will be the first annual Super Bowl Super Show. We got some fun stuff planned for y'alls. So stay tuned for that. But this has been episode 235 of the Joint Practices Podcast. We appreciate you listening in. You can hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. And you can also just be like, hey, I want to be on your show. And be like, hey, we want you to be on our show too. So come on. We did it to Jordan and he never left. So you never know yep. what could happen. Still here. And make sure you like, tweet, subscribe, favorite, follow, leave a comment, review. Did I miss anything? Uh, make sure to follow at Benjamin Dover 420. It's cool guy on Twitter at Benjamin Dover 420. <laughs> also, fuck Julius Ramos, and that's all I got. Fly goes fly. Nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our teams aren't in it anymore. I don't know what <laughs> yeah, else to say. <laughs> Love it. All right, Super Bowl Super Show coming up. That's that first stop. I'll let you say that guy's name because you like to say Kamuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuuu